Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. I was born and spent the first five years of my life in Southwest Pennsylvania, near the shores of the Mahongahela River. I found out years later that someone else began their career there who we all know. 21 years before the birth of our nation, George Washington was 24 years old. War had broken out between the French and England over the territory. Some tribes of Indians were with the French and some tribes of the Indians were with the British. Washington was made a lieutenant colonel. The British Army on the banks of the Mahanga River near Fort Duquesne. When we were little, we used to call it Fort Duquesne, but it's Fort Duquesne, which is now Pittsburgh. General Braddock was sent to remove the French from the area, and he asked Washington to join him. Now, Washington had already been in a battle in that area, in Fort Necessity. I've been there. I've seen the fort. And he had to surrender. Washington tried in vain to tell General Braddock about what tactics the French and the Indians were using. They were not using war tactics like General Braddock was used to in Britain. Europe fought differently. Here during that time, the French and Indians were what they were using, what we called guerrilla warfare. They would hide behind the hills and the trees and the rocks. And I grew up in that area, big rocks. And the British would stand right out in the middle and they would stand so shoulder to shoulder in columns in their big, bright red jackets. They were sitting ducks. Well, the British were ambushed when they came. And they, with their columns and their bright red jackets, they were easy to spot. In fact, they were being picked off, dropping like flies. Uh, someone described it as shooting fish in a barrel. Washington was leading a group of Virginians. Now, they knew how to fight like the French and Indians. In fact, they were hiding behind the trees and the rocks and the hills, and they were only firing when they saw the enemy. And uh, General Braddock was screaming at them to come out. He called them cowards. But you know what? They stayed alive. So the fighting was fierce. There was chaos. The British were trying to shoot back, but they couldn't see their enemy. General Braddock himself, five horses shot up from underneath him. General Braddock at one point was mortally wounded. George Washington picked him up, gathered together all the soldiers that he could get left, and he retreated. He left everything there. He took General Braddock. General Braddock died or three days later. Out of 1,000 soldiers that the British had, 714 of them were killed. Amen. 37 wounded. There were 86 officers. 26 of the officers died. 37 wounded. Every officer that was on a horse was shot, all except for one, Amen. George Washington. While in battle, he was going back and forth across the battlefield, completely exposed, carrying out General Braddock's orders. Amen. One soldier testified later, I expected every moment to see him fall. He said, nothing but the superintending power of providence, that's God, could have saved him. 
Indians testified later that they singled him out and shot at him, but their bullets had no effect. They were convinced that an invisible power was protecting him. Later, Washington himself wrote a letter to his family and said, but by the all-powerful dispensations of providence, I have been protected beyond all human probability or expectation. He said, for I had four bullets through, through my coat, through my coat. I had two horses shot out from underneath me, yet escaped unhurt. Although death was leveling my companions on every side of me. Amen. Fifteen years later, Washington returned to that area and was visited by an old respected Indian chief. He had heard that Washington was in the area and he traveled there a long distance to talk to him. And this is what he said, quote, I am a chief and ruler over my tribes. My influence extends to the waters of the Great Lakes and to the far blue mountains. I have traveled a long and weary path that I might see this young warrior of the great battle. It was on that day when the white man's blood mixed with the streams of our forest that I first beheld this chief. George Washington. I called to my young men and said, Mark yon tall and daring warrior. He is not of the red coat tribe. He hath an Indian's wisdom and his warriors fight as we do. Himself is alone exposed. The rest are hid. Quick, let your aim be certain and make sure he dies. Our rifles were leveled, rifles which but for you knew not how to miss. Twas all in vain. A power mightier far than we shielded you. Seeing you were under the special guardship of that great spirit, we immediately ceased to fire on you. Amen. I am old and soon will be gathered to the great council fire of my fathers in a land of shades. But ere I go, there is something bids me to speak the voice of prophecy. Listen. The great spirit protects this man. And he pointed to George Washington and guides his destinies. He will become the chief of nations, and a people yet unborn will hail him as the founder of a mighty empire. I am come to pay homage to the man who is a particular favorite of heaven and who can never die in battle. That was our founding father, our first president, George Washington. I have a great song for this. I have the My Girls, and they're going to come and minister the song, Surely Goodness and Mercy.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great and grant us repentance. Grant this nation repentance. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we might, that we might attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe that what is written in that Bible is the word of God and that it cannot be broken? Do you believe that God has power? Do you believe that he was the one that parted the Red Sea? Let's see if you do. I want you to turn to Psalm 91. These are the last days. These are perilous times. And if you don't believe that, go listen to the news for five minutes. These are shaky times. These are fearful times. But you know, you don't have to be that way if you believe the word of God. Let me begin. Verse 1, Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. And look what happens when you do that. Surely, surely, there's no more sure word than surely. Surely, He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Is there any pestilence going on in the world right now? He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield. Do you need a shield? And buckler. Thou shall not be afraid. Do you see those words? Thou shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Hallelujah. Ever seen a missile? Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Have you listened to the news lately about the pestilences? Here and in other places. Nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Do you believe the words of God? This is a check. Only with thine eyes shall thou see shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now, how can that be? How can that be that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can protect you to such a point that a thousand fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it doesn't touch you? Ask George Washington. Verse 9, because, because, here is your reason. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. 
What kept all these things from this person, this writer of the psalm? He, kept, he made the Most High his habitation. And look what happens when you make the Most High your habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Do you believe that is possible? I do. I started this program and shared with you about uh, being growing up on the rivers, uh, on the Mahongahela River. While I was there on the Mahongahela, living in a home, I was about five years old, and my sister and I were out playing in the yard southwest or southeast of the house, about 25 feet from the road. It had a little dip there, and she and I were playing in it. My mother was in that house doing housework, and she wasn't really watching my sister and I. She said she was folding laundry, and something came to her and said, go get the girls. She did. She walked outside. She called my sister and I in. She gave no reason. She said, it's just time to come in the house. We came in the house. Not five minutes later, a car broke through the guardrail and landed on its side exactly where my sister and I were playing. He shall keep his angels charge over thee to keep you in the way. So I believe these verses. It says, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest I dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and dragon shall thou trample under feet. And here's another because. Why are all these things possible? Well, here's your because. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Do you know this, this psalm is possible for us? This psalm is possible to wherever it says him, you can say I. I. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set me on high because I have known his name. Now how? Amen. How does one make God your habitation? How does one walk in the love of God? How does one make God their habitation? How can you make God your habitation so you are you have all these promises in your life. It is possible. Turn with me to John 15. Jesus tells us how to make God our habitation. It tells us how we can set our love on God so that all these promises, all this protection from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will come to us. I'm going to go to John 15, and I'm going to begin in verse 7. If, if, that's an important word, if. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Amen. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And look at this, as the Father has loved me, 
so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, if you keep my commandments, Jesus' commandments, this is Jesus speaking, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide, abide. You shall abide in my love. You shall abide your habitation. You will dwell in Jesus' love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Do you know that Jesus had to abide in the Father's love? He had to keep the Father's commandments to abide in his love. And that was Jesus. That was Jesus. And he is our example. He abode. He made his dwelling in the Father's love by following God's commandments. And he is telling us that we can, if we keep his commandments, we can abide. We can dwell with Jesus. Now, what are those commandments? You want to know the first commandment he gave us? The first commandment he gave us for us to follow so that we will abide in his love so that all the protection of Psalm 91 will come to us. Turn to Mark 1. I'm going to begin in verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, here's your commandment. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye. Repent ye. Change your will. Change your mind and believe the gospel. That is a commandment of Jesus. That is a commandment. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, that Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised again according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. What happens when you do what Jesus says and you believe that gospel? You change from what you are thinking and you trust in that gospel. You believe that gospel. You hang on to that gospel. You know what happens when you do that? You abide in the Father's will. You abide in the love of Jesus. You abide in that gospel and all the promises of Psalm 91 are for you. Are for you. Why are they for you? Goes right back to because Jesus died for you. Because he bore your sin. Because he bore your sickness, your disease, your poverty, your perversities. And he went to hell for you. And he paid the price for you. And then the father, seeing the sacrifice that he made, raised him from the dead and raised you and I with him. So that there is no fear, no fear in the perfect love of God. And those promises of Psalm 91 in this wicked world are for us. I have a beautiful song here. It is Psalm 23, and it is sung by the Hurleys. Go to God while they sing, and make him your habitation. My 
God is able to set me a table in the midst of my enemies. Fear had no hold. He anointed my head, my cup runneth over. My weakest hour, He restored my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? Leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place, milk and honey shall flow. Yea, though I walk through the shadows of death, Know that thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. Giving me comfort as he leads me onward, guiding my steps along his righteous path. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? He leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the Lamb and the Lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely all the days of my life from here evermore. For the shepherd that will lead me, him will I follow forever. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? He leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely all the days of my life from here evermore. For the shepherd doth lead me, and him will I follow forever I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? Leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. Are you ready for what's coming on the earth? Are you ready for what's coming on the earth? You know you can be. Turn with me to Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is not only being born again, although it includes that. But that is everything that you need to be ready for what's coming on the earth. All you have to do is tell Jesus that he is Lord of your life and believe that he is raised from the dead and he will take you up and he will lead you 
and he will get you ready for what's coming. It says in verse 13 of that same chapter, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on the name of the Lord. And if God has ministered to you, I'd love to hear from you. I'd like you to email me at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L, wateroflife.com. Let me hear from you. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.